thank you for joining us today, um, and hopefully we get a chance to meet you and, and uh, you get to know us a little bit. Uh, maybe you're just blowing in and just in for today, uh, or maybe you're just checking us out. Just wanted to say God bless you. We hope that God really, really touches you today, not because of us, in spite of us, but because of Him, amen, and He's real and He's good, amen. How many have had a great week? All right, how many have had a lousy week, but you serve a great God? All right, let's put it that way, amen. Uh, all right, amen. If you have your Bibles or your device, just turn or click with me to John 13, 34, 35. And continuation of a thought, last week we talked about uh, on the series of follow, the series of, of discipleship, we talked about serve, loving one another. And so we talked extensively about this scripture right here, brought out about four or five points about this scripture and uh, just did an expository on this scripture. But I wanted to just finish and continue this thought with this wonderful, powerful, amazing scripture that kind of just blows me away uh, when it comes to the teachings of Jesus. John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said this, So I give you a, now a new commandment, love each other just as much as I've loved you, for when you demonstrate the love, the same love, I have for you by loving one another. Everyone will know that you are my true followers or Christ followers. That's what a definition of a Christian is, Christ follower or Jesus follower. This word here, we talked about his love here is in the Greek is agape. That's what it means, agape, love. This is a love that you cannot experience outside that you experience outside of Jesus Christ. In other words, there is a brotherly love, there's a kind love, there's a a love of, of alms and charity, there's a concern, there's an, uh, kind of a romantic love, there's a, a, a love for uh, things, there's a love for material things, there's a love for life. But this love is a love that we have because of Jesus Christ. This is a love that two people can share, a group of people share, because of one man, because of Jesus. Because of what he did at the cross, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus brought us together. He joined us together. A bunch of individuals, different race, different creeds, different languages are made one through the blood of Jesus. How many believe that? Amen. Can you lift your hand up and say, I believe that with all my heart that we're one in Jesus Christ. And so that word agape love, agape there, is, is all about one thing that is about one another. Uh, you, one person with other people, one another. Amen. You know, you're not just an individual serving an individual God, your own personal religion. You are part of the body of Christ. You are part of the family of God. You are part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the earth. Aren't you glad for that? And, uh, and that's what that word means. So that word, the agape love that he's talking about here, is all about one another. Agape love is just simply this, two things. It's fellowship and faith. What I mean by that? And what I mean by that is it's fellowship and we're connected in fellowship with God and one another. And we're connected through faith, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel. How many are here uh, as a born-again Christian today because you believe in Jesus Christ? You believe in that He came 2,000 years ago, amen, from God. He was manifested in the flesh. He was God manifested in the flesh, came down, took on your sin, died for your sin on the cross, was buried and after three days rose again. How many believe he's still alive? Oh yeah, he's alive right now, today, Jesus is alive. And we share that, we share that with one another. That's what makes 
our relationship with one another unique. It's not because we come to the same church. It's not because we're part of the same denomination. It's not because we share the same belief system or interests. Come on, it's because of Jesus. Amen? So this is what, this is what agape love is. And so it's fellowship. We're connected uh, in fellowship with God. We're connected with fellowship with one another. And that we're connected in the faith of Jesus Christ with one another. In fact, a couple of scriptures that bring this out are in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. says, but if we walk in the light as Jesus, He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and, and, and righteousness. Now, Ephesians says this. It says this about uh, uh, the togetherness. It says that we are endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, that which Jesus started among us, in the bond of peace. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so it's all about the fellowship that we have with God and one another and the faith that we share in Jesus Christ. Right? Amen. Amen. You can smile. This is church. Church, you can smile. Amen. This isn't a funeral home. This is church. This is great. And so... That's, that's what's so amazing about some of the principles that Jesus brings out in this scripture here. And when he says, love one another. Talking about the faith that we share. The Bible says a couple of things. It says that we are to stand fast in the faith together. That we are to strive together for the gospel or the faith that's in the gospel. We're to strive together for that faith. We are established in the faith together. The Bible says that we're built up as lively stones together. Amen? Amen. You're not just a rock by yourself, but you are made up a different, unique stone. Everybody's unique in God's eyes. But how many know we, together we make up, amen, the Bible says, the structure of God. Amen. The church of the Lord Jesus. That we are to contend, contend for the faith together. Did you know that? We are to contend for the faith that Jesus Christ gave us. Amen. That the Bible says once was delivered to us by the saints. Or the Apostle Paul, John the disciple, and Matthew the disciple. Those that de delivered the gospel. The Bible says that we today, 2019, are to contend for that faith together. How many know that we're contending together? We're not fighting each other. We're fighting for the faith of Jesus Christ. Too many people get so focused on contending with each other that they miss the fact that we're supposed to be contending for the faith. Amen. And not contending with each other. And, and so the, just a couple of the things that's amazing here. This word connection. And we talk about the connection that we have through Jesus Christ. The love that we have through Jesus Christ. This agape love. Uh, a couple other thoughts that the Bible uh, brings us a little bit more clear. The Bible says that we are framed together. We are built together. So we are many pieces put together to make one building, as it were. So we are framed together in Ephesians. In uh, another part in Ephesians says we are joined together. And there he talks about like a, a natural body is put together. So we as the church are put together. Amen. Isn't that great? And so we are joined together. Like it or not, we're joined together. I, I know that really kind of doesn't really sit well with too many people. But the Bible also says in Colossians that we are knit together. Knit together uses the word that talks about that how fabric is made and how it's woven tightly together. 
Amen. We are woven tightly together. We are knit together through Jesus Christ. How many believe that we're knit together? We are like a fabric. We are put together that close. And you know, some of you understand when fabric is made, you know, especially a beautiful fabric and is made, it's made so that you can't see individual stitching, you can't see individual threads, but you see one big thing, don't you? You see one uh, material, piece of material, but that material has many, many different strands and they're put together uniquely and they're joined together to make something beautiful. That's how the Lord looks at us. The Lord looks at us as individuals. Yes, He loves you. He, he knows you. He made your eyelashes. He formed your eyeballs. Everything about you, He knows. Aren't you glad? Amen. That He, he knows your thoughts. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to say. The Bible says He bottles up your tears. Isn't that great? But how many know you're, you're just one of many? Amen. You're just one of many. You're, we're one another. We have to love one another. Amen. And, and that's the other thing. This is a command, by the way. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't something that like, hey, if you get together with people of your own race, that you guys need to get together and huddle together, and you need to have your own neighborhood, your own stores, your own, your, your own heaven. You guys need to have your own, own religion. No, 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 no. No, the Bible says that from all race, all nationalities, all language, all people groups of the earth were made one through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know something? There's one church. There's many different buildings and different denominations and all those things. But ultimately there's one church. There's one. Why? Because there's one God. That's why there's one church because there's one God. If there was many gods, you could have many churches. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? But there's one God, so there's one church. The Bible says that we are workers together. Wow, we're all of us should be on this mission together. That's why when you come to church and you come to a service, whether it's a church service like this or a coffee shop, wherever it is, when you come together, that's why it's important to encourage one another that we're working together. We are in this partnership together with Christ. Amen? Well, I don't like the person, amen, that I'm sitting by. Too bad you're joined together. God didn't get that memo. He just didn't get that. Lord, I don't like that person. I don't want to be. And, and you know something? If you're sitting by somebody or close to somebody you don't like, hopefully by the time you leave you like them after, you know, after church is over. Because we are commanded to love one another. In other words, we've got to make it work so that we can work together for His mission, not our purpose, not our vision. It's not our will that, that we're working towards, our desires. Come on, it's not our project we're working on, it's His. It's His Word. Come on, it's His kingdom. It's His work that we're working together. That's why it's important to come together to encourage one another to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, that you can do the work you're called to do, I can do the work that I'm called to do, and we can work together. Is that all right? Amen. So we're called workers together. Again, as a body is described, a physical body, so the spiritual body is described. Amen. The eye and the, and, and, the, and the arms and the eyes and all the intricate parts, all the cells, the millions of cells that we have in blood vessels and all those things, that describes the church. How unique the human body is, so the, 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 the body of Christ is. Amen. But nevertheless, it's one. It's one man. It's one person. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. We reflect Jesus Christ. And so uh, we are to function as a body. 
You know, it's, it's great to have the structure of a body. But if you don't have the function of a body, it won't, it won't be able to live, right? It's great to have a heart. It's great to have, uh, you know, the veins and all these things and skeletal system. But if you don't have the life, amen, it's not going to live, then it really can't be called a body, right? It's a corpse at that point. It's, it's not a living body. It's not a living cell. We want to be the living body of Jesus Christ and therefore we've got a function as the body amen we've got a function of the body and so this is what the Bible says so we are workers together in the so in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the mission of Jesus workers together wow and uh, you know when you break these words down which I'm not going to do and you look up these words and think about this and pray about these things and and meditate on these things you just think to yourself Lord there's no way that I could make that happen there's no way that any human could bring people together the way you have done it it's through you it's through your fellowship through your blood that we are one not because of our interests not because of our views not because of our systems of belief but because of Jesus Christ it's through the fellowship and the faith of Jesus Christ. I'm going to lift your hand to heaven and say, I believe in that. I believe in the fellowship and I believe in the faith that we share together, right? Amen. All right, so let's work on that. Let's work on, on, on really strengthening one another so that we come into the unity of the faith. Amen. I believe that Jesus brought us into the unity of the Spirit. That's what we share through Jesus. But it's our job as human beings, as people, right? To work together to come into the unity of the faith. Right? Till we all come in. In other words, that's a time. That's a process. Amen. Till we do that. And so we want to agree with the Lord. Let me just read this scripture in John chapter 17, verse 21. And I'm going to read a few verses. It just says this. In John chapter 17, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying about his disciples to the Father. He was praying and he said, I pray for them, the disciples... All to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. That's pretty powerful. That's amazing. How many believe that Jesus and the Father are one? The unity that we share, I want them to share it as well. And he goes on to pray. I pray for them to be, become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. This is a lot like John chapter 13. If you love one another, that's how people are going to see you're his Christ, the Christ followers, you're his followers. And so he's praying this for them. Because this is a very, very important principle in the life of a disciple, is that we love each other so the world can see Jesus. Right? Amen. And so he goes on to say this, For the very glory that, I, uh, that you have given me, to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one. And experience the same unity that we enjoy. And, 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 and then uh, in verse 23, you will, you will live fully in me. This is talking to, to uh, Jesus, or Jesus is talking and praying. You will live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world would be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that, you, that the, the love that they have for each other, the same passionate love, uh, is, is the love that you have for me. And so as Jesus is saying this, Lord, make them one. This is what it says in the King James. Make them one. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that this was the only unfulfilled prayer of Jesus. But that's not true. Because if you look in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, it, it came to pass, it's fully come, they were all in one accord. Not the, not the same car, but they were all in one accord. 
And that's what it says, doesn't it? Isn't that what the Bible says? They were all in one accord. That word there, also accord, means is a musical expression. It means that when, when some people, I believe, have to loosen up a little bit, and some people have to tighten up a little bit, so that when the, when the Lord strums over that instrument, it makes a beautiful sound. It's perfect harmony together. Amen. Amen. That's a musical expression. They, they came into one harmony. They came into perfect pitch together. Amen. I like that. So we know that that was fulfilled. But I believe that there's an eternal prayer that as long as there are disciples being made, this prayer goes for each and every one of them that we are one Amen. That Jesus and his Father were one. That's how close we should be. Didn't that blow you away? That's how tight we should be. As, as close as Jesus was with the Father, that's what he said, so that we are to be one with each other. Am I getting you uncomfortable this morning? I was like, ew, we really? Seriously? I have to love that person? Yeah, yeah. This, this is more than just, this, again, this is more than just brotherly kindness. This is more than just saying excuse me and thank you and please and you're welcome. This is something deep that we share because of Jesus Christ. And I believe that it's time that the church as a whole experiences a greater unity. Because if we want peace in the world, there's got to be peace among us. If we want unity in our communities, there's got to be unity among believers. Because that's where it starts. Right? Come on. If we want peace among races, there's got to be peace among races in the church. Amen. And that's where it spreads and that's how it goes. But notice this in, also in the book of Acts. It doesn't just say in Acts 2 they were in one accord. But in Acts chapter 4 verse 32, it says they were of one heart and one soul. That's pretty tight. I mean, that, that's like, you know, you guys are one heart, one soul. That's really, really close relationship. This is intimate fellowship that they had. What does that mean, one heart and one soul? As one translation put, puts it this way, they were united in heart and mind. They acted and thought the same. That's pretty neat, isn't it? And then selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. In other words, the whole group of believers was united in their thinking and what they desired. That's pretty intense, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine if all of us just in this room got to the place where we were the same in our thinking and what we desired? I'm not talking about robots. I'm talking about believers together through Jesus. We all want the same mission. We all want people to get saved. We all want everybody to get healed. We want everybody's need to be met. Can you imagine if all of us came to church like that? Instead of, well, I'm just doing my duty or I really need my need met today. How about if we came to church and together when we gathered and said every one of us had the same heart and the same desire to see everybody here strengthened in the faith so we can go out and win souls and make disciples. Can you imagine if all of us have the same heart, that same intensity, that same passion to see our neighbors saved, to see our community changed, to see our nation turned around for God? That's what the Bible is talking about when Jesus said, make them one. That they ought to love one another. I think that's pretty powerful. Amen. And so being connected is so important. Being joined together, being one is so important because it's so important to your spiritual health. Did you know that? Well, so I, I, I'm just going to, you know, not me, I, I don't need to go to church and I don't really believe in the, you know, that's, that's great because, you know, I believe that there is, a, uh, uh, there is a system that we created of church, there's an institution of church that needs to be shunned, but certainly there is not the church or the body to be shunned. You've got to be part of the body. 
I don't care if that's at a coffee shop or under a tree. It doesn't matter. You've got to be part of the body. You've got to be connected somehow. Why? Because you're supposed to contribute to the body. Anybody that believes that they can be disconnected from the body and still be part of the body is delusion. Come on, that's just, you can't do that. You have to be connected some way, somehow. Somehow you're texting somebody, you're online with somebody, you're talking with somebody, you're having coffee with somebody, you're eating a meal with somebody, you're in fellowship. Come on, you're connected to somebody. Somehow you've got to be connected to each other. That's the way it says, that's what the Bible says. It's still important to your spiritual health. Now, I believe some people take it too far where they're so codependent on the church that they can't even pray by themselves. They, they, I mean, every little thing is, I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody to pray for me. No, you have audience with God. The, the door has been opened to His presence. Come on, you've got a mouth. You've got a mind. You can pray for yourself. Right? Or it's like, if I don't have the church, I'm not going to be saved if I don't go to church. I mean, that's... That's just, that's not what God's talking about here. That's not what Jesus intended. But it is important to your spiritual health. And so, without really developing intimate relationships with other Christians and serving one another, I personally believe that our connection to Jesus and the church becomes weakened. We need each other. We need one another. Amen. It's important to your spiritual health that you have, amen, other believers in your life. And you know what? You don't sit in a corner and wait for everybody to come to you either. You don't go home and say, well, this one didn't talk to me. Nobody talked. This one didn't. How much are you reaching out? How much are you in fellowship with other people? The Bible doesn't say fellowship with somebody because they fellowship with you first. The Bible doesn't say reach out to somebody only when you feel like it. The Bible says that you are to be a part of that community, loving, serving, giving to other people. Amen. Talking to the church today, by the way. Amen. So it's very interesting how Jesus, this commandment to love one another. Did you know as I researched, there's 59 one another's in the New Testament. 59 times where those two are together, one another. Other times he's talking about each other or one of another. But there's 59 times where the Bible talks about one another. I'm just going to give you a few, ready? We've already talked about it, love one another. That's probably the, well, the most important. But 14 times in the New Testament... Most of it's through the commandment of Jesus or somebody repeating the commandment of Jesus. Love one another. In 1 Peter, Peter put it this way. Love one another deeply from the heart. Or make your love amongst yourselves increase and overflow amongst yourself. Abound, as Paul prayed. That your love would grow stronger and stronger amongst ourselves. Wow. In fact, we're supposed to love each other so much that we're supposed to encourage one another or spur one another on to love and to good deeds. When we come together, I'm supposed to encourage you so much that it causes you to go out and, and love other people, come on, and do good works. Isn't that amazing? So your influence on my life every time I see you is to be such that after I meet with you or see you or talk with you or text you, I'm supposed to leave so encouraged that I want to do more for God. Think about it. I don't feel bad because you're better than me or I'm better than me. I'm better than you. I know more than you. No, I'm supposed to be encouraging you and you're supposed to be encouraging me that how can I serve God more? How can I reach more people? I mean, that's how powerful it should be. The connections that we share isn't just a high and hello. It's much deeper than that. Let's get below the surface of how are you, brother. Let, let's get to, amen, encouraging each other to love and to good works. 
Amen. That's what Hebrews says. That we are to accept one another just as Jesus has accepted us. Romans teaches us. Excuse me. That we are to be devoted to one another. Be at peace with each other, as the Bible says. And two times it says, live in harmony with one another. Wow. Greet one another. Five times it says, greet one another. Paul expresses to greet somebody. Greet them for me. I, I, I greet you in the name of the Lord. And three times it says with a holy kiss. And all the singles are like, okay, I can deal with that. I can do this. Right? Amen. I'll never forget as uh, years ago we were preaching this and teaching this to the young people. And the Bible says greet one another with a holy kiss. And I had to say, now let's lay some parameters here. Okay, let's just set the boundaries here. And all the guys are like, and you know. Come here, sister. You know, it's not what we're talking about. But it says we're to greet one another. And so when we see each other in a store or wherever, in a restaurant or down the street, we're to greet one another. That we're to express each other. You know, Americans have a little bit understanding of this. When you go to other nations and other countries, they really understand what it means, the importance of greeting somebody. A lot of times it's with a kiss on the cheek. Sometimes two kisses on the cheek. Sometimes it's like three and, and then the secret handshake or whatever. But, you know, you go to these other countries and, you know, you feel very uncomfortable when people are coming up and kissing you twice on the cheek. And you're like, this is weird. I feel awkward. We don't do this at home. But their culture understands that when you want to honor somebody, when you want to love somebody and just show somebody respect, that's how you greet somebody. Amen? So Paul teaches us to greet somebody Amen. In a holy way. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Encourage one another. Four times in the Bible, it says that we are to encourage one another. And one time in Hebrews, it says that we're supposed to encourage one another daily. Daily. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. Daily encourage somebody. Daily. Some of you are in such need of encouragement that you're drying up inside. Some of you need encouraged so much every day. To just, just to wake up and get out of bed. But you know something, sometimes the very thing you need is the very thing you need to give first. Some of you just need to give somebody else encouragement. Well, nobody's encouraged me. Maybe you haven't been encouraging others. Think about it. Encourage somebody today. Compliment somebody today. Talk nice to somebody today. Some of you are like, wow, that's a big stretch, Brother Matt. But you know, God would never tell you to do something that he can give you grace for. Amen? And so the grace of God is all over you today. Somebody say hallelujah for that. It's all over you today. The anointing of God is all over you today to encourage somebody. Amen? And to encourage somebody. Four times it says that. Build up each other. Edify each other. Build somebody up. The Bible says over and over, this is why the gifts of the Spirit have been given by the Holy Ghost through the church. That we are to build up one another so the church is built up, so Jesus is built up. So people get saved. We're to build each other up. We're not to build ourselves up. We're not to, to build our ministries up so that we look good and we sound good. And that we live and go and buy a $63 million jet so we can serve Jesus. No, we're to minister to one another. Come on. Some of you know I'm going to go there sometimes. And so you might as well just say amen. So we need to pray for one another. That's what James says. Pray for everybody. Pray for each other. Pray for those in authority over you. In the natural and the spiritual, pray for those whether you like them or not. Pray for the, those in government. That's what the Bible teaches us. Pray for those in authority. Come on. Pray for each other. 
Pray for each other. And so after the service today, we have people come down the front so that we can pray for one another. It's just building community. It's just building relationship with one another. Wow, somebody cares about me. Wow, somebody can talk to God for me. I appreciate that. Pray for each other. How many are here as a result of somebody praying for you? Amen. And everyone that has a believing grandmother needs to raise their hand. Amen. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for you. Or a great mom or a great aunt. You, somebody prayed for you. I believe dads did their part too. All right. Pray for each other. The Bible says confess your faults to each other. We confess our sins to God, but we confess our faults to one another, James teaches us. Here's an important one. Forgive each other. Forgive one another. Walk in forgiveness, the Bible teaches us. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another. Two times it says bear with one another. What's that mean? Does that mean act like a grizzly and, and just growl at everybody? No, that does not, that's not what it means to bear one another's burdens. What it means is to bear one another's burdens is carry it as if it's yours. To, to be patient with people or to put up with stuff and to make allowances for. Now, we're not to make excuses for sin in each other's lives. Come on. We're to speak to each other in truth and love, in love and in grace. But we're to make allowances for somebody. Somebody who's a little bit louder and more obnoxious than you, maybe a little bit colorful than you, has a more outgoing personality than you. Somebody that just kind of like, you know, someone says that person rubs me the wrong way. How many have ever heard that before? You said that. That just rubbed me the wrong way. Someone said if somebody rubs you the wrong way, turn the cat around. Maybe your perspective needs to be a little different. Amen. Amen. Forgive one. Make allowances for other people. Put up with stuff. And, and some of you just don't put up with stuff. And that's great. I'm not putting up with nothing. Well, that's, that's good about some things, but not about loving one another. Amen. Some things you just got to put up with. Anybody is in the room. Come on. You got to put up with. The Bible says this, and this is uh, where it gets real deep here. And God starts really, I mean, Jesus starts teaching us, and he starts getting really, really personal here. Serve one another in love. Oh, you, oh, oh, Jesus isn't going there. Yes, he went there. Serve one another. That's something we don't really talk about a whole lot. We don't, you know, we, and even at a restaurant, we, teach, we treat those that are weight on us as if they're just, you know, some real low life and, and you didn't do exactly what I said. So we look at serving as something that's so low, and yes, it is so low, but it's the greatest thing in the kingdom. In fact, it's the only position that heaven recognizes. It's the title that Jesus said, amen, that he said, this is what a true minister, this is what a disciple is all about, is a servant. How many know there's no title greater than a servant? Just no title greater than a servant. Serve one another in love. Or it says this, each of you, I like this, should use whatever gift God gave you, have received from God, to serve other people. Offer hospitality uh, to one another without grumbling and murmuring. Just do it. Unto the Lord. Do it with a happy face. Do it with a great spirit. Wow. Offer hospitality to one another. In fact, we're supposed to serve each other so much that we can even wash each other's feet. And somebody said, ooh. Come on, somebody. Oh, now, back in the day, in the 70s, man, it was every week. And we had communion and foot washing services. Now, it wasn't too hard to do that because most people in the 70s didn't wear shoes anyways. So they were already kind of barefoot, you know. It was when you got the guy that was on coming back from a five-day hike on the Appalachian Trail, come on, without a bath for three days in the middle of July that made it a little rough. Right? But the Bible says that we're supposed to serve one another so much so that we could even, we wouldn't put that past us, is get down and really humble ourselves and wash each other's feet, serve one another, love one another, pour, pour water 
on each other, as the Bible says. Honor one another. Honor one another. This is so important. Honor one another. Above uh, yourselves. Give preference to. That's what it means to. Above yourself and what you want and your desires. Give preference to somebody else. Man, this principle, the fact that those two principles right there, serve one another, honor one another. I mean, this can be practiced in, in your home every single day. I mean, this is what marriage partners are supposed to be doing all the time. This is what, uh, you know, a man does with the wife. This is what they do. You just put this in the practice every day. Oh, I'm going to run out and I'm going I'm to have this big ministry and I'm going to serve everybody. But the Bible makes it clear it's got to start at home first. If you're, if you're not going to serve people that you live with, it's going to be really hard to be a true servant out in the world. And how many know this is one of the testimonies that when people see you serving other people, without a you owe me mentality, without an entitlement mentality, without a victim mentality. Come on, somebody. When people see that you honor other people and you serve other people without any strings attached, that's a testimony in itself. Well, I don't want to serve other people. I don't want to honor other people because I don't want to be a doormat. People just take advantage of me. Welcome to the life of a Christian. Amen? Serve one another, honor one another, put other people above yourself in humility. Consider other people, the Bible says in Philippians, better than yourself. In fact, it says that we are to clothe ourselves with humility toward one another. Wow. I mean, that's something that we wear. In other words, you see it. You can recognize it. I have humility in my heart for you, brother. No, no, no. The Bible says you see it. You recognize it. You know, you, you, you just, you know it's there because... You're practicing it. I can tell you're doing it. You, do, you, just, you didn't have to do that. You humbled yourself. You apologized to me. And I really appreciate that. Come on. That's, that's what the Bible says. Honor one another. Hope I'm not losing anybody. But have equal concern for each other. Here, here's a really, really, really big one. Submit to one another. Wow. Out of reverence for God. Not out of fear of man. Not out of forced submission. But submit to one another in the fear of God. I love that one. Submit to one another in the fear of God. Again, this works at home. This, this works in a marriage. This is all about it. We'll talk about that later. This is all about it. You know, and even the Bible even says when you come together, wait for each other. That's tough, isn't it? Especially when it's piping hot and you're taking your time. And that's, I mean, that's those, the, that steak just smells so good and you're starving and you've got to wait for somebody. That's what the Bible says that when you have a feast and you have connection point, I'm paraphrasing. And when we have connection point, when, when, you know, the disciples had connection point with each other, I mean, you know, they had to wait for each other before they had that really good latte that the Douglases made. I mean, you have to wait for each other, right? Amen, that's what it says. That's, that's interesting. And it says, teach one another, instruct one another, admonish one another. There's all scripture references for these. Teach one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We're supposed to teach each other in music, in songs. Wow, and then amazing. Teach one another. But so many times, people want to go right here. They want to go to the teach before they go to the serve. They want to be, they want to be a minister before they be a servant. Jesus said, if you're going to be a minister, you've got to serve. That's what a minister is, right? No, I'm going to have a big ministry. I'm going to start. I'm going to do all this stuff. I have this big following, all these likes, all these subscribers. And I'm going to do it all for Jesus Christ. And yet, you're not a servant. See, the Bible says you're putting the cart before the horse. You've got to be a servant, right? Anybody? Before you can teach. And how many know when you've served other people, it's easier for them to, to listen to you? 
Amen? When, you, when you've done some things to other people, it's easier. And so we're supposed to teach you to. And here's some warnings about one another. Here's some warnings. Don't slander one another, the Bible says. Stop passing judgment on one another, especially in a wrong spirit. Don't grumble or complain. Don't gossip. Don't uh, uh, bear false witness or spread rumors about each other. That's what it says. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will destroy each other, Galatians says. Paul writes this. You will destroy one another. Wow. People won't be destroyed out in the world. They'll be destroyed in the church. I mean, you know, that's not good. Not a good thing. It says, let us not become conceited, provoking each other, envying each other. And don't lie to one another. Don't tell lies to each other. Just be honest with each other. You say, Brother Matt, that's so practical that, yes, that's where it starts. It starts with loving one another. How many know we can't get it right here on Sunday? I don't know how you're going to get it right on Monday. Oh, no, 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 I'm the biggest witness there is. Oh, man, I'm praying for all these people. Man, I tell everybody about Jesus, but I can't stand Christians. Come on, the Bible says if it doesn't work this way, then it really doesn't mean anything this way. It's got to mean something this way. It's got to it's got to have value this way in order for it to have value this way. Amen. I don't know about you, but we sing about love, we sing about peace, we sing about all these things in the world, and yet we don't have the one that brings peace, and yet in the church we're not striving for these things. We're striving for a very prophetic gift and a very accurate gift and a very, man, if we can be the best singer and the most talented and, and the most gifted and put on the best show, then we'll be, no, 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 it starts right here. It starts with the relationships. And I'm just telling you right now that people aren't going to come into the kingdom and serve the Lord without loving one another. If they can't see it work this way among us, they're not going to want to have anything to do with us. And I believe a lot of people are turned off in the faith of Jesus Christ because they don't see the fellowship that's in Jesus Christ. Amen? Right? And so that's the warning, and this is what he says. And Whatever you do or whatever you don't do affects the body of Christ. It affects each other. We affect each other. And let me just close by saying this, is that we talked about it a few weeks ago, that true communion with Jesus Christ, or this true fellowship with the Lord, is this common unity that we have amongst ourselves. This is where we get the, the word community. It means, this, it means doing life together, experiencing God together, giving people the, the, the sense of belonging and acceptance and, and change and maturing and growing together. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't know about you, but there needs to be a major shift in our nation where we're at right now, especially among us as a people group, right? I mean, we're struggling with color, we're struggling with views, we're struggling with truth, we're struggling with all these things. But if we can get it together in the church, the world can see that Jesus is real. That there's something to this gospel, amen. And don't worry about going across the street, you got to go across the aisle first. Amen. Walk across the aisle. Don't leave today without meeting somebody new or, or talking with somebody, encouraging somebody, or fellowshipping somebody besides your crew and yourself. Come on. Amen. And so we've got to love one another. And you say, well, Brother Matt, this sounds very vague and it sounds very... Listen, I'm telling you, I know that there's a lot of an abuse about the, the message of love. I got that. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that love shouldn't be preached. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't practice love. That doesn't mean that it should be ignored by the church just because it's being abused in the world. Come on, somebody. Just because money is abused, we're certainly not going to 
talk about money and not talk about money, right? Marriage is abused, but should we neglect marriage? Absolutely not. Come on, authorities abused, but there's principles for it. There's a place for it, right? All right. And so this is the, the thing. We're experiencing God together. We're doing life together. That's what it means to have community. Listen, if we're going to have real, true, good, growing, healthy life groups in this church, they've got to be about true fellowship. They can't be about just coming together and just doing a religious exercise or just hanging out together. It's got to be something deeper than that. We've got to understand that we're here to do life together. Amen. And we're not just here to do life with people that we like. We're here to do life together. Amen. And so our church services are, are, are I mean, again, people think that fellowship uh, uh, happens. We just fellowship just because we come to the same church. No, no, no. It, it doesn't mean that we they just have fellowship. It's something we have to work on. It's something that we have to work at all the time. And as Hebrews says, daily. Church services are, are just an expression of who we are as the church. See, every, I mean, there's people that just live and die for Sunday morning. It's all about Sunday morning. Once the doors close and they go home, that's it. They got another life. They got other things going on. They, they, it's, it's another whole realm for them. Listen, it's not, it's not about just doing church on Sunday. It's about being the church every day. Can you say amen? Being church every day. Being the church every day. When we come together, this is just an expression of who we are. This is not the pinnacle of who we are. Thank God for the fancy hats and the suits and everything at Easter time. Love that. That's cool. The great music, the presentation, all that stuff is good, but it's not who we really are. It's not the core of what, who we are and what we do. It is, we are the church. We are to love one another. We are to reach people. We are to give. We are to serve. Anybody? And it goes way beyond Sunday morning. So if you're just a weekend warrior, hopefully the Lord begins to deal with you and say, this thing's a life, 24 hours, 7 day a week, 365. This thing is who I am. I am a disciple, and a disciple loves other people. Amen? And this week, if you even catch yourself drifting into the place of selfishness and, and self-indulgence and self-righteousness, get right back on the path. Get right back to that place of, man, who am I loving? Who am I giving to? Who am I encouraging in the Lord? Amen? And this isn't about lording over people. This isn't being better than anybody. This is coming into a common unity through Jesus Christ that I've got to encourage others, love others, so that we all can do the work that Jesus Christ has called us to. All of us has got to come in, have got to come, all of us have got to come into the mission, amen, that Jesus Christ called us to. You know, I, I mean, I, I know that some of you are very private, you, you need your space, I got all that, I, I'm into that, we, you know, we, we do that, you need family time, you need personal time, but let me just tell you, there's just so much of me time that you can handle before it gets real weak time. I mean, it just gets really, really lame time, come on, you've got to have time with other people. And, and, you know, coming up, we're going to announce it more, but we're going to come into a church. We're going to do a seven days of feasting in this church, and it's going to be amazing. We'll explain it to you. Amen? Because it's not about us just going our little own life, coming to church, doing our religious thing, and then getting on with our day. It's about being the church, being the people that God called us to be. It's the, it's the freedom that we sang about today, the freedom that you were called. It's for freedom that we were free. And it's for this reason right here that we're called and we gather together is to love one another. And let me just say this in that 
I believe that when it comes to, and the leaders have talked, uh, heard me say this many times, that really there's two parts to every ministry, every kind of every church, if you will, or every ministry that really will make it fruitful and effective. Number one, it is our services, it is our gatherings, it's what we do, that's part of it, but it is discipleship. If we do not disciple one another, if we aren't, aren't fellowshipping with one another, we won't have much. Come on, come on amen. It, it's, like a two, it's like you know having a one-winged bird. How many know it, it, it may get off the ground, but it's not going to go very far. It usually will probably go in circles. If you have one oar in the water, you're probably going to end up in circles. But you've got to have both, right? It's a two-winged bird. You've got to have great services and, and all the things that we provide, youth ministry and children's ministry. But it's about discipleship. It's about relationships with one another. It's about building one another up in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? So that we can all complete the mission that God's called us to. And so, last I'm going to ask you to just to stand on your feet and we're just going to ask some questions and pray. Amen. May we just learn to love one another like never before. Amen. This week I want you to just pray for an opportunity to practice some of the one another's that we gave you. Amen. To love one another, to serve one another, to bear one another's burdens, to, to do all those things that we talked about. Practice one of the one another's. And then I just want to throw this out there is that this week I just want you to pray, Lord, can we, how can we as a church connect more? How can we build fellowship more? How can we love one another more? How can we do that, Lord? And see, I, I just got to be honest with you that there's such a pervasive attitude that comes from the culture. And if we're not careful, it comes into the church of that people owe me, that God owes me, and people owe me. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, that's got to go. That, that's got to be broken in our lives. When we met Jesus Christ, all that victim mentality went out the door because Jesus, who was the greatest victim, made us victors. Amen? All that entitlement mentality went out the window when we met Jesus, when we realized His grace is way more than I deserve. Salvation is way more than I deserve. And what I deserve, thank God He's not really giving it to me the way I need. Come on. But what I got isn't what I deserve. What I got was love and grace and mercy. And the Bible says, as freely as you have received, freely give. Amen. So let's just be dispensers today. Amen, this week of mercy and grace and kindness. Amen, the love of God flowing among us and, and out of us and through us. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. The world needs to see real love. The world needs to see real love. The world without Jesus needs to see real love. Can everybody say amen? Amen. And it's just simple messages like this that we've got to come back to. It's like, Lord, am I loving other people? Am I really loving others? Am I just saying I do? Am I just going through the emotions of just coming to church? And, and, or am I part of the church? Am I really part of, I'm not talking about membership to the Door Fellowship. I'm talking about part of the members of the body of Christ. Am I really an active, healthy, contributing member of the body of Christ? Or am I somebody that's constantly griping about the church, complaining about the church, hating on other Christians, being nasty to the church? Come on. Or am I contributing to the church? Am I really part of the church? I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that church today. I want to be a contributing factor of, as the Bible says, a healthy body contributes to each other. It, it heals each other. It strengthens other parts. 
And that's the way we want to do. So I want to encourage you today. As you leave today, encourage somebody in the Lord. Greet somebody in the, in the name of the Lord. Not just something like you do as a, as a ceremony, religious thing. Let it come from your heart. I'm going to tell you something right now. God breaks down walls in your life. Things, uh, you're set free from addictions or free from just really problems when you really reach out to other people. Can you say amen? Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your, your word that is simple. Lord, the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ blows us away. Lord, that we just need to love one another, that we are, ought to be kind to one another. And uh, Lord, uh, gracious to one another, patient towards one another, bearing other people's burdens, Lord. This is what it's all about. Jesus, your message is clear when you said, make them one as the Father and I are one. This is what you want, Lord. So, Lord, help us do our part today. Change us from the inside out. Lord, do a transformation in our heart, Lord, of forgiveness and mercy and grace, Lord. Help us not point the finger today and say, well, you need to do this message and you, need, you better listen to this. Lord, help us point that finger right back at ourselves and say, Lord, am I doing this? Am I loving other people more than I love myself? Am I contributing, Lord, at home? to my family, Lord, to those around me, to my neighbors, to the workforce, to the world, to the city. Lord, this is how the city is going to be changed and turned upside down and born again is that we have love one to another. I thank you for that, Lord, and I thank you for the power that's in your word today to change us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.